Hello again, everybody. We appreciate you being a part of the Stat Sheet Podcast once again. Hope your holidays have gone well for those of you who celebrate such things. And whether you do or whether you don't, we appreciate you being back on board with us. Ronan's here as always. Simon's here as always. We are loaded. We're doing something a little bit different. Um, we are uh, doing a bit of a redraft for the 2023 draft of the NFL. And uh, we're going to try to move through it fairly rapidly. So we won't go too in-depth as far as... Uh, as a lot of conversation, but we will, if we think we need to, hit a couple of talking points, and I think it's going to be a fun night, and we appreciate you being a part of it. We're not the first ones to come up with this idea, but I think we're going to do it the best. So, Rona, Simon, let's get it rolling. Simon, go ahead and uh, kind of set the table for us and walk us through it. Yeah, absolutely. So, like Ben said, happy holidays, everybody. In lieu of recording a normal Monday night podcast for you all, talking about what will be week 16 because it is the holidays, we are recording this early, um, uh, almost a whole week in advance at this point. Just wanted to get some out for you on the holidays. A little treat. We'll be back to do our normal type show uh, after week 17 and get us ready for the playoffs. But until then, fun redraft time. Let's get into it. So the way we have set this up logistically is we have our picks 1 through 31 uh, be at the first round of the 2023 NFL draft. We are walking into this mock into this redraft with the draft order that it happened on draft day. So basically the Panthers have traded for the first overall pick, but none of the other first round trades have happened yet. What we're going to do, we're just going to go uh, one, two, three in order. Ronan's going to have the first pick. I will have the second pick. Ben will have the third pick and we'll just go in that order all the way through. When we get to a pick that was a trade on draft day, be it Arizona at three, uh, uh, Detroit at six or going to six, Chicago and Philly nine and ten, all of that. We will have the original draft pick there. Whoever is drafting in that spot will have the option to make the trade that happened on draft day. Or if they think that team regrets that pick, they will just make a different selection. They and no, no different trades, they will just make a pick that they want for themselves there at that spot. This is a redraft, so this we have all of the hindsight is 2020-ness, right, of what has happened here in 2023. Um, we will, I'm sure, lean a little on our pre-draft analysis, but mostly just assessing what's happened so far in 2023 and what teams would do today if they could go back and change things. So without any further ado, Ronan is on the clock with the first overall pick for the Carolina Panthers. And just to take everybody back a few months, um, Ben and I were on one island as far as who should be QB1 in this draft. Ronan was on a different island uh, for who should be QB1. Ronan, are you going to stick with your original pick from, you know, back in the back in the day? Guys, guys, luckily, luckily, I found a ship. I, I, the captain was very nice. I was able to hop on, and I've been able to sail over to the Stroud Island. And with the first pick, uh, the Carolina Panthers are going to take C.J. Stroud. Um, I, I think it kind of speaks for itself. David Tepper literally went to the podium and said, you know, basically alluded to we need our young quarterback to look like that. What what's going on over there in Houston? Uh, C.J. Stroud is seven and six on a team that their their win total. I don't know what it was before the season, but you know, hovering around four or five wins, they've already smashed that. Uh, and that's you know with Stroud being banged up every so often. Uh, 20 touchdowns, five picks, 3,600 yards so far this season. He's looked amazing. Like I said, five picks with for a rookie quarterback who's started since week one. That's rare, um, especially if he's not being pulled. So C.J. Stroud has looked amazing. And uh, that's first overall pick right there. I love it. It's the right move, Ronan. Welcome. There's there's always room for you on our island. Um, man, talk about how different things could look in Carolina right now. Frank Reich might still, I was about to say, might still be getting a paycheck. He's getting two paychecks, but he might still be um, currently working as a coach somewhere in addition to getting those paychecks. Good on, Reich. Um, I have the second overall pick. I have the Houston Texans, who are now just utterly bummed out that Anthony, or that C.J. Stroud, oops, slipped there. C.J. Stroud is gone. Um as we went through our draft process last spring, I landed at the point that I wouldn't even take Bryce Young too, that I would take Anthony Richardson. I would lean into the traits that I was afraid to go with the size outlier of Young and that I would bet on the upside if I couldn't get the polish, the talent, plus the physical traits of a CJ Stroud. And man, through what, five healthy games of Anthony Richardson, albeit that small of a sample size, 
Nothing has taken me off of that. In fact, I might be even more on Anthony Richardson Island than I was uh, in the pre-draft process. So Houston not getting C.J. Stroud. I'm not taking Bryce Young. I am taking Anthony Richardson. I'm still taking what I believe is a franchise quarterback, what he showed in those couple games that he was healthy from an athleticism standpoint, from a processing standpoint, pocket awareness. Yes, his accuracy isn't great, but that is something we can work on. And even if not, I can design a heck of a offensive game plan around a guy with that much talent and that much poise in the pocket and, and overall awareness and football IQ. So Houston Texans taking Anthony Richardson quarterback at number two overall. Uh, ben Parker, you are up. You have you have uh, your your draft war room is full and busy and buzzing over there right now. You are drafting for the Arizona Cardinals. Now on draft day, the Arizona Cardinals traded the third overall pick and their fourth round pick back to the Houston Texans for the twelfth overall pick, the thirty third overall pick, and a twenty twenty four first and third. A huge haul for Arizona to move back from three to six. I'm asking you, Ben, you as the Arizona Cardinals GM. Are you making that same trade, or are you going to sit and pick here? This is where it gets a little bit complicated, because if if we look back a year later as Arizona and as Houston, we would maybe just sit where we were and pick the players that we knew were going to be good, right? Um, but let's say we don't know any of the rest of it, and we still think we like Will Anderson. I'm, I'm going to make this trade here. So, I, you know, if I'm Arizona, I'm happy I made the trade. If I'm Houston, I'm happy I made the trade. So I think for argument's sake, without having – all-knowing, all-superior knowledge about all the players after one year, right? I'm happy with the trade, so I'm going to leave it where it is for Houston. I like the aggressiveness. I liked it at the time, and I'm going to leave it right there. So I, I think that's a fair way to do it without saying, hey, no, we're going to sit at uh, where, wherever Houston was. We're going to sit back there and draft, uh, you know, Puka Nakua or something like that, right? So <laughs> without actually taking full advantage of all that we know a year later, just based on looking at Will Anderson, they're happy that they that they got him. So I think they leave it that way. Ronan, back on the clock with the Indianapolis Colts. The timer is running. What are you doing here for the Colts who lose their franchise quarterback, Anthony Richardson, who got drafted two picks earlier? You know, I, I think you have to still go quarterback here. And, uh, you know, Bryce Young is best quarterback on the board. Um, I, I I think so. I think so. No, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's got Adam Thielen to throw to. Um, offensive line that probably could use some work uh, all around. I mean, you've got from, I don't know how credible these sources are, but you know, like staff members, like sending coached candidates, like messages like, Hey, this place is terrible. Do not come here. The GM is miserable. Mm -hmm. um, take Bryce young. Um, yeah. Truthfully. I was so interested in what was going to happen here. Ben, we have 35 seconds to dissect this. A, would you still have taken a quarterback for the Colts um, in this redraft process? Remember, this isn't April. In this redraft process, and if you did take a quarterback, would it have been Bryce Young? Yes, and yes and yes. But now there's another, enough other guys that I would be thinking about maybe pulling out somebody besides a quarterback. But I do have a strong belief in Shane Steichen. I'm still not 100% convinced that Anthony Richardson is so wonderful and perfect. We've seen Steichen do the same thing with Gardner Minshew. So part of that's kind of coming into play there, even though I like Richardson. I think I would still grab a quarterback here because I like Steichen too. All right. I am back on the clock now with Seattle at number five. Um, Seattle so far this year, they took Devin Witherspoon, uh, the cornerback, uh, and, and they love him. I mean, he is just a perfect fit for what they're doing. Unfortunately, the Seahawks are still a very, very bad defense. They, they had a great start to the season. They hit a low in the middle of the year. They're starting to find their way back as some guys get healthy and the offense starts to get back on track again. But there's a true difference maker that is on defense that is in the same conference that Seattle just went up against the other night, in fact, um, who dropped in the draft order because of off-the-field concerns. So far, everything seems great. With one Jalen Carter as a professional football player, the, the only time he seems to have had anything negative uh, about him that we that's gotten to us on the outside is he was too upset when they were losing. And you know what? I'll take that because he was still playing hard when that was happening. So number five for Seattle, I'm taking defensive tackle Jalen Carter. I'm going to see if I can make that Seattle defense uh, flow way better, even though I'm missing out on Devin Witherspoon. 
All right, Ben, you are back on the clock. You are just getting all the trades here, man. You were at three, had Arizona, and you made the trade. You're now at six, and this is where the Detroit Lions were originally slated. They ended up moving back uh, later to Arizona, who you just traded with. In fact, that trade to outline for everybody is Detroit traded six and their third-round pick to Arizona for 12, 34, and a fifth-round pick. Ben, do the Detroit Lions make that same trade? Yeah, basically. I mean, I think they're I don't think they've seen anything out of their group of rookies that makes them regret doing it. Now again, if you get to have knowledge about everybody, right? I'm I, if I'm the if I'm the Lions, I'm sitting here looking at uh, Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez and I'm kind of salivating over them. But listen, they knew at the time that both of those guys might be pretty good and they they opted out. They want they had other things they wanted to go do. So I, I think if I'm Based on what we kind of kind of have in place right now, I don't think they're so dissatisfied with their rookies that they would just change it all here these few months later. So they're having a pretty good season. A lot of the rookies are contributing. I haven't done a lot of tape work on every one of those rookies. But in general, I still think they like what they did in that draft. So I'm going to leave this trade in place for Detroit. All right, and it's going to Arizona, and, and you you let this you let the pick stay as it was with Will Anderson with Houston. Does Arizona still take Paris Johnson here, uh, the offensive well, tackle? Not if I'm there, but again, you know how biased I was for, for other people. So I think I would still like Peter Skaronsky, um in this place. And and even to this day, I'm, I hear conflicting reports on Paris Johnson. I've heard, you know, I, and I can't remember the name of the guy that we love, the, but the guy who studies the offensive line so much and has a great, uh, great following. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he loves, he really likes Paris Johnson. And yet I've mm-hmm. seen other grading systems like PFF. Mm-hmm. Their grade system on Johnson is in the trash. It is mm-hmm. awful. So, you know, the truth is somewhere probably in between and maybe depending on what you value. So I probably wouldn't make this pick, but I don't think Arizona regrets making this pick. I mean, I really don't. I think they're happy with it. So once again, I think I'm going to leave it right there. I think I think there's enough here out of Paris Johnson. And I knew we all knew Arizona needed to work on that offensive line. So I think I'm going to leave it where it is. They, they still pick up Paris Johnson. Yeah, I think the Johnson versus Skaronsky, Johnson's uh... – more natural ability to play tackle probably uh, leans it that way. Skronsky immediately came in as a guard, which which we still love, but um, Arizona definitely needed some tackle help specifically. Ronan, you are back on the clock at seven. Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I'm very interested to see which way you go. What are you going to do here? You know, they went Tyree Wilson, which um, he has a lot of upside, right? He's a freak athlete. Um, but you haven't necessarily seen them reap the benefits of taking a, a top pass rusher, top 10. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to go with a guy who has made an impact on the field, not not to discredit Wilson, but more of an impact. Uh, and that's in the secondary. This Raiders secondary could definitely use some help. They needed it going into the season. And I'm going to go with Devin Witherspoon. His versatility has been a huge part of that Seahawks defense uh, while he's healthy. He's, uh, I think, one interception, three sacks, like 65 tackles. He's been all over the place. He can do just about anything for you. And that Raiders defense needs to – they need some command. So I'll give them Weatherspoon at seven. I like that. That's also a great for, – for a team that needs it, that's also a great culture move, I think. And how much would – Talk about how much Pete Carroll loves Witherspoon. How much would Antonio Pierce freaking love Witherspoon right now, man? That would be that would be great. And he play inside and out. You know, they found some gems at corner. That's why they ended up releasing Marcus Peters. They found some some young guys. Um, so but I think Witherspoon, because of his versatility, would fit in a number of ways on that defense. I am up here with number eight. And what would I do with the Atlanta Falcons if I was redrafting for them right now? Um I don't I don't know is the short answer because Robinson, I thought, was the right pick. Um, I think he's going to be the right pick for whoever the coach is for in the next year or two, whether it's Arthur Smith or somebody else comes in. But based on how this year has gone. I would not draft Bijan Robinson again, and that hurts me to say because he really should be perfect for this team, and it's just not going well. Um, instead, I'm going to look at this defense because the defense has made strides, and in certain metrics, it's still 
doing well um and other metrics it is not doing well but there is there, there's just a vibe change to that defense where it feels much more holistic what i'm going to do here at eight for atlanta is give them another stud corner on the other side and i'm torn between who i think is the next best corner in this draft um and that's between joey porter jr and christian gonzalez uh porter jr has been Everything is advertised. He he's a, a true man to man lockdown corner, but he is very grabby and he's gonna get one to two penalties a game. And then Christian Gonzalez was just the the smooth athlete, freak athlete playmaker. I'm gonna go with Gonzalez here because he was touted higher. And and I think the question that came about for him towards the end of the draft process was basically his physicality, right? Like his one, two, his demeanor. And, and I think in new England, he showed plenty of that before he got hurt. I, th I think he showed that that was a non-issue. So I think if everyone knew that was the case, he would have been a top 10 pick. Um, so I'm going to go with Christian Gonzalez, really shore up that defense on the other side uh, of AJ Terrell and, and leave the offense to kind of wither away and figure itself out without wasting a, uh, first round pick on a running back in that perspective. So Atlanta Falcons take corner Christian Gonzalez. Ben, you are up at number nine and Hey, guess what? A trade happened at this pick. Uh, this, no, this pick was originally Chicago's uh, by via the <clears throat> Panthers for the Bryce young trade um, on draft day, Chicago traded nine to Philly for 10. They just swapped one spot and, and had the fourth, took a fourth round pick to do it. Does Chicago make the same trade here? Uh, that's probably a little bit debatable, but yeah, I, I think they do. Um, you know, all things considered, there wasn't a big difference between nine and ten. Um, Chicago still has a lot of needs on that offense, even on on both sides of the football, even today, offense and defense. They they still have a lot of things that they could they could use here. So I think the, um, ultimately, I think yeah, I I think I would leave the trade in place. Now here's here's the other question that I'm going to make unfair for you because you now you have to think about it from both sides. Does Philly still make the trade because they made it for Jalen Carter? Would they still care about moving into nine here? Is there some so now take it from Philly's perspective? Is there someone on the board here you love for Philly without Jalen Carter being on the board that you wouldn't just wait to see who who's there for you at ten? Yeah, I I, I think there is, but that's kind of based on. Listen, at the time, they wouldn't have. If Jalen Carter hadn't been in there, they wouldn't have done it. But now looking at it and getting this, you know, getting this all knowledge here, for me, I think there is a guy. And so I think I'm going to go ahead and leave the trade in place for Philly, even though we're picking a different person. Yeah. All right. Let's hear it then. Uh, the trade goes through. Philly makes the pick. Who's Philly taking here at nine? Well, I think you mentioned the guy already. It's Joey Porter Jr. I think is going to be the guy I take. Uh, we, we, we know that the Eagles defensive backfield has been a struggle. That's not all their cornerbacks' fault necessarily. I think a, a large part of that is not having Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back there who really covered a lot of things. He was kind of a, a playmaker. And then part of that is not having Jonathan Gannon as your defensive coordinator back there as well. So I think that's part of it. I think not having the linebackers that are as good. I, I think that's all a combination of things. But I also think that those defensive backs that they've got right now just – I don't think they were quite as dominant as they looked last year when everything was fitting together. And also they're a year older. So, you know, all of those things put together. That's a lot to put together. But I think all that put together, I think I'd like to have Joey Porter Jr. back there um, just as part of that defensive backfield. That uh, That's such a good pick. That That's such the right move. They, they got backed into a corner with Bradbury and Slay where they had to kind of invest real money in both of them. Now this one, I don't think right. this would change that. I don't, I don't remember the order. Maybe one of those moves, maybe Slay's move came later, but he's the one playing better than Bradbury this season. Um, but this fits the the Philly dynamic, right? Corners, receivers, edge yeah. rushers, quarterback tackles. Um, and, and it it's something that their defense has struggled this year, and it's definitely a need. And without Carter, this is the next most impactful defensive player that they could have gotten. So I think that's a good move. Um, Ronan, you are now here at ten with Chicago, uh, because of that trade that got completed. What are you going to do here for the Bears, knowing what we know now? All right, so I need to clarify, right? There's one offensive lineman off the board, correct? There is one offensive lineman off the board, and Skronsky. that is one Paris Johnson. Oh, nope, Skronsky's still there. Then give me... still there. Uh... <laughs> and who are we picking for again? Which team is this? This is Chicago. the Chicago Bears. This is the Chicago Bears at number 10. Yep. 
the, you know the, the screenshot of the Bears interior offensive line that I tweeted the, a couple of weeks ago is, is standing out in Ronan's head. I'm I'm gonna go Skaronski. I'm gonna go Skaronski because you can put him either guard or tackle, um, and he's going to be a, a mauler there for your offensive line. Um, you, you know, at the very least, he can be a run blocker. And behind, you know, we've seen Chicago have success with the run. Uh, so in the past two seasons, especially with Justin Fields using his legs. So I think Skronsky at 10 makes a lot of sense. Darnell Wright hasn't necessarily looked bad, but uh, Skronsky was the better prospect heading into the draft. And, you know, thinking back on that, I think that's what we're going to roll with. Yeah, I like it. The 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 pressure up the middle, I think, affects fields more than something around the edge. And I think also something that we know now that we didn't know then was this is shaping up to be a much better tackle class here in 2024 than guard class. So if you take Skaronsky this year as a guard, you can get a good tackle in this draft and, and still have a pretty decent group. I don't mind that. I like Skaronsky better as a player as well. But with that said, at 11, Tennessee Titans, I am up. I'm taking Darnell right, buddy. I love that guy. And the Titans offensive line and especially their tackles have been an absolute mess this season. They they have benched two different tackles at, at least once this year and more have gotten hurt. They're playing like guys in their mid-30s um, at the position. Darnell Wright can be a stalwart right tackle for years and years and years to come he'll significantly help the run game which is what tennessee wants to do we said it pre-draft that this was the right part of the draft to be looking for an offensive lineman we knew these guys were going to be here we have a couple more on here um i don't know about you guys but i have nine dudes on my board right now at offensive line with like borderline first round grades so um this is a good spot to be so tennessee taking darnell right him and skronsky are just flipping here at 10 11 Ben, you are up. The Detroit Lions, you get the other side of this trade that you help push through now. What are you going to do with Detroit here at 12? Yeah, and this is this is probably where it starts to get uh, even more interesting with some of the jumbled up stuff here we got. So they picked up uh, – sorry, I'm looking back from my draft tracker. They picked up uh, at number 12, Jameer Gibbs, right, the running back from mm-hmm. Alabama. That's the one – that's the move that surprised everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't say everybody, but still, number 12, I don't think anybody was really, really expecting Gibbs. Everyone on this podcast. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm, I'm tempted to leave it here because I did mention earlier that the Lions were satisfied with the draft picks they made, and I think they are. And I think we've seen enough flashes out of Gibbs at times. Montgomery's been the lead back in that offense for most of the season. I mean, he really has. For whatever reason, even though they drafted Gibbs, they like Montgomery. But um, Gibbs has shown enough there where I'm tempted to leave it here. But I think I'm not going to do that. I think this will be one of the first picks that I actually switch out here. So I think I'm actually going to go with um, Jordan Addison, the wide receiver um, from SoCal instead. And you could make the case that, um, you know, that that Addison's getting some some benefits from Justin Jefferson, except he really tended to explode when Jefferson stepped out. So um, I, I think I like Jordan Addison enough to just swap him out here. Um, you know, and, and it's not that I don't like Jameer Gibbs. I think he's he's looked fine, but I just think I like Jordan Addison better. I do think that Detroit's Lions offense is a little bit limited still. I think we've seen that with their ability to turn out yardage at times and not points. So um, I, I think in that case, and having seen how much they still like Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> like why draft Gibbs if you're going so heavy-handed with Montgomery? So, I think all those things combined, I'll go ahead and take Jordan Addison here for Detroit. I really like that the lines are are missing a, a real playmaker. It feels like right, Amon Ra's uh, fantastic and very very productive out of the slot, but he's the yes. over the middle safety net type guy. That's why they traded up for Jameson Williams, and it's still slow rolling for him get, getting you know latched on and, and on the moving train and everything. Um, so Jordan Addison, I, I like that. I think that's a good move. That's one of those where it's this receiver group was so interesting in the draft, and it's kind of more about fit than than pure you know the the Madden rating, as I say. Um, so so I like that one. Get a little explosiveness in there for for Detroit. He's not gonna get to catch any of those underthrown wobbly balls by Jared Goff in December, but you know what? Uh, <laughs> September to November was, would be real good for him. Um, Ronan, you're at 13. You have the Green Bay Packers. Knowing what we know now about the Packers, what are you going to do here for them at 13? 
you know, th this is kind of rough territory because th they're playing good and they don't necessarily have a glaring weakness. Um, they're not great against the run, right? They went for, mm -hmm. with, I believe, Van Ness uh, mm -hmm. here. So I, I think getting defensive front is the move. Um, gosh, with what we have left here, it's kind of tough to gauge, um, you know, like this this pool of players. Um you know, a guy like Tyree Wilson does kind of similar things to a guy like Gary. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you can go with a Wilson there. Um, I don't know. You know, I think we might go Will McDonald here. Uh, wow. I, I think we'll go Will McDonald here. He, he's shown quite a bit this season. Uh, maybe not statistically. Uh, but I think we'll roll with McDonald here. See, you were you were on the same train of thought that I was on. Uh, I I had a hard time with it too, though. Like, what what do you what do you do for this team? Because similarly, DB was an issue for them. They've figured that out as the year has gone along. I I kind of settled on Tyree Wilson as well when I was kind of working through this. But um, yeah, so so along the the right train of thought i think defensive line that defense has struggled as much young talent as you can kind of accumulate there uh, maybe you get someone with a slightly higher ceiling in mcdonald versus van ness uh at 14 i have the ability to see what trade can happen here so new england patriots were here at 14 um they had traded to the pittsburgh steelers to go down to 17 for the for for a fourth round pick from the steelers so now I kind of have to look around for the Patriots and think, would they do would they do something differently? Would they make that trade again? And I think a lot of that calculus was probably for Christian Gonzalez specifically. Um, and I'm looking around, I'm like, man, the Patriots could use so many of these guys that are on here that they're I'm probably gonna end up sitting and picking with them here. Um, because their offense is just so bad. They could use one of these offensive linemen. They could use one of these wide receivers. Um, for the New England Patriots, this this sucks for all of us, but they're going to take Puka Nakua here at 14, man. Um, this offense is in such dire straits when it comes to their their weapons. Um and the the opportunity to get a guy who can be a deep downfield threat can also do something in the run game and can also be a blocker and and really like looks like he could be a true number one wide receiver um the the opportunity to get him i i think is is too great to pass up and and you look at some of these teams coming up and you wonder if they made the trade down, <laughs> that they would lose that opportunity. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the trigger here and take Puka Nakua real quick. Ronan, did did you think Nakua was gonna go here in the first round in this redraft? Um, I, I was a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger top twenty, but I thought after twenty, I definitely thought it was possible. Um, so this was definitely right around the range that I thought he would go. Uh, so hey, I can't hit on it. He's my guy. Fifth round. No complaints whatsoever. Shout out uh, Les Sneed. Ben, you're up here with the Jets at 15. Nakua is our first guy that comes from outside of the first round, I think, that, that makes it into our first round redraft here. D did you see Nakua? At, do you see him now as a guy that, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? Hindsight 2020. But, like, do you see him as the top – 31 guy from this draft as we stand right now should, could have been a first round pick uh, and then go ahead and make your, your pick for the Jets after you tell us that. Yeah, I absolutely do. I And, and you had mentioned him during the offseason. I hadn't really paid him much attention or hadn't even had a chance to, to study him much during the offseason. But yeah, based on what we've seen here with the Rams, I absolutely think he's an easy top top 31 pick here for um, for um, for um, for any team that whether you need wide receiver or not, he just looks good enough to take. I mean, over you know, guaranteed over the next two or three years, I don't care what position you're talking about, how important that position is. We're going to see a lot of guys that uh, just shouldn't have been drafted in the first round. And we all thought they should have. Like, I mean, all the draft analysts, all the NFL people, I mean, all of us, we, we all bought into it. And, you know, we're just all going to miss at times. And there's just, you know, there's just no way around it. So, yeah, I absolutely, I was going to, if somebody else had, um, maybe not necessarily this next spot, but I was absolutely going to do that for sure. 
All right, Ben, you are up at 15 with the New York Jets. Now, this is interesting because you know Aaron Rodgers gets hurt in the first week of the season. What do you do here to help the Jets? Uh, do, you, do you do something more forward thinking? Do you do something to help more in the short term because of you know this injury is going to happen? What do you do here if you're the Jets? I'm going to, I'm actually going to help let you help me make the choice here because you've Mm -hmm. studied one guy more than I have by a good bit, but my position isn't going to change. I would have drafted offensive line. I -hmm. told them to, they ignored Mm -hmm. me. That's not why Rogers got hurt, but I still feel like even if he hadn't got hurt first game of the season, he might've got hurt halfway through because of that offensive line. I still don't understand why they went defense. I, I just, for the life of me, I don't understand. Not that the player's bad. But, um, you know, I just wouldn't have done it. I would have gone offensive line, and that's not changed. I would have drafted offensive line. So, anyway, I'm looking at DeWan Jones out of uh, out of Ohio State, mm-hmm. who's playing for the Cleveland Browns right now. And, and listen, he, he's not been dominant necessarily in pass protection, but his run blocking is good. And he's doing okay there with a, a very talented Cleveland Browns offensive line. So, that's one guy I'm thinking about who I did not like heading into the draft. The other guy is Broderick Jones from Georgia. So, I'm curious to, to, to see what you have to say. I haven't spent as much time during the offseason looking at Jones. So um, what do you think between Jones and Jones? So Dewan Jones would have been a borderline first-round talent, but similar to Jalen Carter, people worried about some of his conditioning stuff and his like football one-two, right, and preparedness. So he falls to the fourth round. Meanwhile, Jack Conklin gets hurt in like the first few weeks of the season. Jones has to get thrown right in, and he's totally fine. I think Dewan Jones – is better in pass protection right now than Broderick Jones. Um, but I think Broderick Jones is even a little bit better in run blocking. So so the the things you're you were highlighting, right? Dewan Jones is is pretty good in run blocking. He's pretty good at pass pro. He can get beat with speed. Broderick Jones is further behind from a pass blocking perspective. Uh, I would also say Broderick has more left to right versatility. He's been a left tackle his whole life. The Steelers have thrown him in at right tackle, and it's been fine. Really good in run blocking, not good in pass pro. Um, whereas Dewan Jones, you know you're just going to sit him in there at right tackle. You can't really move him around. Um, so I, I would say if you're if the main thing is we need to protect Aaron Rodgers, Dewan Jones planning him on the right side is going to give you the highest ceiling in pass protection this season. Yeah, and honestly, I that's that's roughly what I was thinking, but I appreciate you giving me the extra insight there. I think I'm fine with either Jones, all things considered, but I think I'll go ahead and pick Dewan Jones here for the Jets. Um, I, I absolutely am going offensive line. Don't even care if it's a guard. I just need somebody to step the heck up and play there on the Jets' offensive line. So I'll go ahead and pick Dewan here for the Jets at 15. I like it. Yeah, I think I think now looking back, a lot of teams are probably like, all right, that first-round grade we originally had on Dewan Jones it was, was solid. We feel good about our valuation because he was definitely there going – into the draft process and and for a lot of the draft process. Yeah, and I tell you one reason why I downgrade him is because he gets beat off the edge. I mean, you you know my personal bias that I don't mm-hmm. like guys who get beat off the edge. It's a real pet peeve of mine. So especially in the NFL where I think I might have to go up against Micah Parsons and and Hassan Reddick and you know the Boses and you know and and everybody else like that. So um anyway, but no, nah, he is working out decently. Would help the Jets. Ronan, you are up. At the 16th pick with the Washington Commanders, Josh Harris has just appointed you the team's new GM. You're in charge of this this wonderful Washington franchise forever. I heard uh, one Ben Parker is looking to get that position. Check out Odds on Favorite and and Sports and Money Pro Football GM YouTube channel where Ben do an interview. I just got that notification before we got on, so shout out to, to Ben and Robertson for that. But Ronan, you're here in the position right now. You beat Ben for the job. What are you doing for the commanders here at 16? Uh, well, Sam Howell has been getting hounded all season long. You need to probably address the offensive line. So I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball here, gentlemen. Uh, I'm eager to see how you react. I'm going to go with another Ram uh, interior offensive lineman, Steve Avila. Uh, he has yeah. been an Woo! absolute menace all season long. Um, yep. you know, might be a little bit of a reach in terms of, you know, the draft, but in terms of production, he has been probably a top 20, 30 player uh, among rookies. So Steve Avila has been a big part of the Rams production. I mean, look at Kyron Williams on the ground. Uh, Matthew Stafford has been upright for 
you know, decent part of the season. And Avila was one of the few changes made to that offensive line. So, you know, he's not necessarily the answer to, you know, protecting Stafford, but he's been a big component in it. So I'm going to go Avila here at 16. Ben, I, I just love what we've done with Ronan. This is like watching, you know, you know, we, you have young kids. I've I've got a toddler. This is like when when they go off to graduate and they drive off one day. It's gonna feel like this moment. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be all emotional. Wife's gonna look at me and be like, Have you ever felt anything like this? I'm gonna be like, Yep. Ronan took Steve Avila in our 2023 <laughs> redraft on the Stat Sheet podcast. Um, Ronan, this was the pick that I wrote down when I was just kind of thumbing through this. Uh, I love this. Avila's fantastic. Um, Washington would love to have him in the middle of that offensive line right now. Um, great, great job by you. I've I've nothing else to say. Um, <laughs> I'm here at 17. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers did not get the trade they wanted with New England earlier. But they're still going to get their guy, Broderick Jones. Um, this team still badly just needs offensive line help. I was choosing between – I was thinking about Broderick Jones versus Anton Harrison here, and I even was on draft night. But Broderick Jones just has the upside, I think, more than Harrison does right now uh, because of his just like crazy athleticism that he has. So I'm taking Broderick Jones. He's going to uh, man one side of the offensive line at tackle for Pittsburgh, I think, for a long time. Um, he's he's done well so far this season. Pittsburgh still has issues in, in on the offensive line, so losing Broderick Jones would not be the right move right now. So I'm, I'm taking the Georgia tackle here at 17. Ben, you are back on the clock at 18, picking once again for the Detroit Lions. Um, so you didn't take Jameer Gibbs up at 12 here at 18. Rona, remind me, you were king of the whole moving all around where to where to slate the picks. This was originally the Jack Campbell pick, the linebacker. This oh, so, yeah. so um, I believe so. So when, when Ben was talking about Jameer Gibbs and all that, I just kept thinking about how you were like, well, if you reorder the the picks, it was a great drive. And maybe that's worked out in the end, but whatever. Ben, all of that introduction, uh, 18 Detroit Lions. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> this is this is one of the first <laughs> picks here that I really don't know what I'm going to do. Um, a part of me wants to just go ahead and grab Dalton Kincaid and throw him there at the tight end position. Um but, man, they went ahead and picked up uh, – I'm trying to remember all the Detroit Lions picks. My, my brain's going in so many different so, directions So they here. got Sam Laporta <laughs> in the second round, and he's been fantastic. He's been he's, fantastic. He's been really good. They they took Brian Branch in the second round as well. He's on the board. He's been good. That's Ronan's guy. I probably just uh, – I might have just screwed Ronan out of a pick later. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, obviously, and, and Jameer get all of the Lions picks, all four of the picks they made on, on day one or in round one and round two are, are available to you. So I, I'm not going to go Campbell and Campbell's been fine. He's played a lot. His grades aren't great, but boy, he's contributing. Right. So mm-hmm. but I'm not going to go Campbell. Um, I wouldn't have done it in the first place. One the, one reason, I'm, by the way, Sam Laporta has been fantastic. So that's probably what I'm going to do instead. Just go ahead and grab Sam Laporta because I know I want him. But the one question I have is. I have such respect for Ben Johnson, who's run the Detroit Lions offense. How much credit do I give the Johnson for Laporta's development? And could Dalton Kincaid, who I think is more athletic, mm-hmm. have looked even more explosive in the Lions offense? That's what I'm struggling with. Yeah. So anyway, all things considered here, and there's a couple other guys at the other positions I'll, I'll do, but I think I'm going to keep Laporta here, even though he wasn't drafted in this spot, but I'm going to keep Laporta with the Lions at tight end because we know what he looks like there in Detroit, and we don't necessarily know what Dalton Kincaid would look like there. So I think that's going to be the pick for me. The Lions love Sam Laporta enough to just go ahead and take him right here. Yeah, I, I think that's a good move. He, he's been such a, a great hand-in-glove fit, and I think if if everyone knew what his production was going to be, the Iowa tight ends are just so hard to tell because they do so much run blocking in college that you never know how the pass uh, production is going to come in. And it um it definitely paid off well, so I think I think that's the right pick. Ronan, you are on the clock at nineteen with Tampa Bay. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, no, I've 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 got it locked in um, oh. because I, I've got to oh. go ahead and take them before you know because you can't keep your mouth shut. Um, Brian Branch, <laughs> right here? Are you kidding me? Uh, the Buccaneers are second to last at the moment in passing yards allowed. Uh, Brian Branch has been a spark plug in that Lions secondary. 
Uh, we're pulling the trigger here on Brian Branch. I would have loved to have taken him. I would have loved to have seen him taken in the top 15. Uh, I think he's that talented. And, uh, you know, joining that that secondary that could use some help, obviously, with uh, there's a pretty solid pass rush there. Um, yeah, I think Branch and Tampa Bay would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I love it that we, we knew going into the draft that Tampa was just going to continue adding to that defense and, and let be what let be on the offensive end. Um, I think this is good for them. Antoine Winfield is a free agent after this season. I, I assume they're going to pay him, but in the event that they would not be doing that, you know, having Brian Branch already there would be would be fantastic. Um, can't keep my mouth shut. Yeah, I've heard that before. Uh, 20 <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. I'm torn here, guys. I, I want to hear from you guys on this. Um, and I know we're slowing down here a bit in the middle of the draft, but I'm torn. JSN still feels like the right pick. Uh, he obviously just came off of the game-winning touchdown grab uh, on Monday night. But this defense has had so many issues. I'm I'm inclined. Obviously, I didn't get my corner in Witherspoon at five. I don't think I want to take a corner here. Um even though there's some good ones on the board, I'm inclined to take another defensive lineman. But, you know, going back, I've, I've already added Jalen Carter, but do I double up on the defensive line, which I think is something we talked about that they should do pre-draft, actually. We're all nodding our heads like, oh, yeah, we definitely said that. And look what look what's transpired. Or do I keep JSN because he is such, he is just such the right fit schematically on this team. Ben, I'll kick it to you first. JSN or do I double up on defense? Double down on defense. I that's what I would do. Ronan. That's what I would have done before. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna be fun. I'm, I'm gonna split and I'm gonna say oh, JSN. Um, you know, Lockett and Metcalf are getting older. You need a, a young receiver on that rookie deal just in case you need to let go of one of them uh in the next year or two. I'd go JSN. Oh, I do want to go JSN, but you know what? The receivers in this draft have just continued to impress and that's just such a trend um of the recent drafts you can get good receivers on day two day three you can trade for good receivers in this market these days um guys hit free agency all the time i'm gonna double up on the defensive line i'm gonna take lucas van ness here uh get a guy with a little bit of pass rush juice get a good run stopper really fix this defensive line because I think Gino can take I mean look they got Jake Bobo in the seventh round and he and he's doing stuff um I, I'm gonna go ahead and, and hit the defensive line here and leave wide receiver for another time Ben get all the good ones man back on the clock with the Los Angeles Chargers you either know you're gonna fire Brandon Staley or you know you got to do something to help I well I guess if you know you know you're you're doing this for your job too we all had one pick in mind for the Chargers going into the season. We did. Is that your pick now? What are you doing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, Ronald boy. was the first one on it yep. way back. I mean, yep. long before the draft. And we all thought it was a great idea. And apparently the Chargers didn't. <clears throat> and so we're going to do it now <laughs> and fix a great wrong here. Uh, Zay Flowers is going to be the pick here for the Chargers. Uh, speedy wide receiver. He's looked good for the Ravens. Not mm -hmm. dominant for the Ravens, but he's looked good. And I certainly think he would have been a help here on this Chargers offense. No, no question. It was it was right there for them, guys. It was it was right there. And man, it looked bad from week one. It's just it's such a bummer. All right, Ronan, you're up twenty two. Baltimore Ravens. They just lose out on Zay Flowers. What are you gonna do knowing now what we know? You know, you, you didn't take JSN there uh, with Seattle's pick, so I think we're going to go ahead and pull the trigger on JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, he's been a very quality receiver for Seattle so far, um, and, you know, the sky's kind of the limit for him. Going into the draft, he was – I mean, th there's a reason why he was so highly touted, you know, going into his senior season in college. Now, it wasn't necessarily uh, groundbreaking, and, you know, he entered the draft kind of in the mix of – is he the top receiver? Is the is he the fourth receiver? Um, but I, I think you could have made the case that he was the best receiver in the draft then. And uh, you know, may I, I think you can definitely argue that he's one of the best receiver rookie receivers from that class now. Uh so going JSN here. I am up at 23. The Minnesota Vikings. I, and by the way, I think that was a good pick, Ronan. Good job by you. Um 
And guys, I'm going to be honest, this is when Will Levis starts to get in my brain a little bit here for, for Minnesota. I mean, he's looking good. I know Kirk Cousins gets hurt. I know I survive. I know I scraped together some wins with Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins. But even just thinking about the future, I could just keep this team, which is already like a top 10 defense because of what Brian Flores is doing. And I could just have Will Levis there and pair him with Justin Jefferson. And knowing that I'm too good to take one of the top quarterbacks this year. I was set, guys, I was talking just now to set up not taking Will Levis, and I talked myself into it. I'm taking Will Levis here. Um for everything I just said, because if you just put him in this now Nick Mullen slash Josh Dobbs spot, I don't know if they win one or two more games or lose one or two more games, but I know I have a foundation and I love Kevin O'Connell as a head coach. And I think he would work really, really well with Will Levis, be a really good stalwart for him. Um, this team has built a decent offensive line for Levis, which is good enough. And this defense, I can continue add pieces, adding pieces later. Brian Flores is an elevator of these guys. His scheme is so good. I'm going to take Will Levis at quarterback here. Ben, you're up at 24 for Jacksonville. Um, I believe originally had this pick. Am I right? Yeah, Jacksonville yes. originally had this pick. They traded down multiple times. Um, first, you've been taught you've been giving us the Will Levis coverage, and you did a bunch of Will Levis work preseason. Is he? Further along, better, higher rated than you had him before the season. Would you put him in the first round now? Because you were definitely in the he should be going day two pre-draft. Yeah, so first of all, he's definitely better farther along sooner than I thought he would be. So there's no question about that. He's he's shown enough to where I feel good about Tennessee in real life, keeping him as their starter for next year. Now, having said that, he still had some ugly games like a lot of these young guys have. I mean, you still see it, you know, if, if you were to graph it, it would be up and down and up and down. And, I mean, it would be even from quarter to quarter and game to game, it's up and down. So there's been a lot of ugly, too. Um, but I've seen enough here that I, I would be fine if a team took him, you know, late first round. I'm still not interested in him, in him top ten. I just haven't seen enough to feel great about that. But, you know, quarterback's the position. So, I mean, if you, if you like him, go for him, especially, especially – and this is so important. If you think you've got a, a coaching staff that can help him, and I don't care who the quarterback is, that's the key for some of these other guys, not for C.J. Stroud. I think Stroud plays anywhere. But for Bryce Young or for Will Levis or for Anthony Richardson, any of those guys, I think you got to have a place. Kenny Pickett, for that matter. I think you've got to have a group that can actually make them comfortable and make them aggressive and make them operate. So that's kind of how I feel about that. And a Kenny Pickett drive-by. I was not expecting that tonight. That's that that hurts a little bit. Um, <laughs> ben, you're back on the clock now. 24. Jacksonville traded this pick to the Giants for the 25th pick, a fifth rounder, and a seventh rounder. If you're the Jags right now, are you making that move based on who's on the board and how this season has gone for them? Heck, no, I'm not making that move. I am keeping <laughs> the pick, but I'm going to draft the player the Giants drafted. I'm going to pick up Deontay Banks here. Um, he's played 800 snaps this year. They haven't all looked great. It started rough, but he's picked it up. And I, the athleticism is fantastic. You don't get the Brian Branch that uh, Ronan Summers wanted them to pick up back in the draft. But still, I love the athleticism here. You got somebody on the back end of that defense to help out. Um, and while he hasn't looked fantastic, he's looked okay over the past few weeks. And I think that's what they could use, among other things. But yeah, you know, Jacksonville's going to keep the pick and, and pick up Deontay Banks, and the Giants are going to miss out on him. All right. I like it. Ronan, you are on the clock. Um, the Giants didn't get the trade they wanted. They're sitting here at 25. What are you going to do? Uh, we're going to go receiver here, and we're going to go Nate Dell, uh, Tank Dell. Uh, he's been a a huge spark plug for C.J. Stroud and that Houston Texans offense. Um, this Giants offense is in dire need of some sort of explosiveness. Um, I contemplated a guy like Quentin Johnston here, um, but this is a team that needs someone who can get separation reliably. Um, they they don't necessarily have someone that can get that type of separation for their quarterback. So throwing 50-50 balls isn't necessarily the cup of tea for this offense. Uh, so going Dell here, I uh, think, think that would be the move. I like it. I wasn't sure where I was going to slot Dell when it comes to 
all these other receivers and just just what what the real upside is um for the Giants that's interesting they they have a few small guys but he doesn't he definitely does not play like a small guy so so I I like that one I am next on the clock here at 26 with Dallas um it's hard to try and pinpoint like what what is really a weak point for Dallas right now recency bias would tell us that they need help in run defense because they just got clobbered by the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. They are only ranked 16th in run defense DVOA so far this season in terms of rushing yards given up. They're mm, slightly 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14th in rushing yards per game given up. So middle of the pack, which considering they're winning a lot of games the their opponents are negative game scripts a lot um they could probably continue to use some help with that mozzie smith was always kind of a project guy uh, but kind of just a pl- straight up plugger i'm gonna try to go for a little bit more upside here and just to get another name on the board i'm gonna go brian brzee the defensive tackle out of clemson i think he's the guy that can both be effective stopping the run in the middle, but I think you can also move him around with his athleticism, um, make him a pass rusher from the inside or from the outside a little bit. They like to move their guys around. So I'm going to go defensive tackle Brian Brzee here for Dallas at 26. Ben, you are on the clock at 27. The Buffalo Bills have had, they've had a season, man. They've had a season. You could take this a number of ways. Um, What are you going to do here for the Bills? Well, oddly enough, I, I think Dalton Kincaid, who they drafted at 25 in the, in the move-up trade, he's still available on our, on our board, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was looking at a couple of other things, and, and I'm not certain that I wouldn't do those things. But the Dalton Kincaid pick, I do like still for Buffalo. You liked it at the outset. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's done nothing but look better and better. It, it started slow the first four yep. weeks of the season. They kind of ignored him, <laughs> to be honest. But I don't know, somebody talked to Josh Allen and finally throwing him the football, and the results have been pretty good. So. Um, I, I, I think I'll, I'll keep Dalton Kincaid here, even though it'll be at the 27 spot instead of 25. Yeah, you know you know they love that, that it worked out that way. Ronan, you're on the clock at 28. Uh, Yeah, I'm, okay, I'm just looking at my board, and there's still a— It's going to get confusing at a certain point. <laughs> did, wow, did we miss a very important person? Anyways, Ronan, 28. What are what you going to do, man? Uh, this All is right. the Cincinnati Bengals, by the way, for the listeners. Sorry, I just broke my own brain for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so the Bengals have been getting ran all over uh, this year, and I think maybe addressing interior defensive line would have been you know, something that they could have considered. Uh, is Elijah Cansey still available? Elijah Cansey is on the board. We are going to go ahead and pull the trigger on Elijah Cansey. He has put up quite a, a decent amount of production so far this season, um, and they need help uh, in run stop. He's a little bit undersized, but I think his motor and his just play style uh, would, would suit that Cincinnati front pretty well. So I'm up with my last pick, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys what broke my brain just now. We haven't picked Bajon Robinson yet. No. Which I've, I know I'm king. Don't draft yeah. running backs, but even I was like Bajan Robinson at eight is perfect. Um, I, and I said that pre-draft, and I was all in, and like it's just gone so badly. I don't think we think it's him. But was this intentional? I I when I was working through this to try and figure it out, I I thought he would kind of stop falling over there at 19 to Tampa. Um, Baltimore at 22 would have made some sense as well. Minnesota even at 23, I could have thought about it there. Um. The Jags running game is is bad, but you know, that's that's some other stuff. But twenty four, that would have made some sense. Bajan Robinson falling all the way near out of the round, out of first round. Brona, was that was that intentional on your part? Um, not not necessarily intentional. Um, but we we look at the the past with first round running backs, and rarely does it work out. And obviously, we can use this year. And, you know, Gibbs hasn't necessarily gotten the usage that we expected him to get as a first-round running back, um, but he has looked pretty good. Bijan, on the other hand, I, I mean, Arthur Smith has almost made it his mission, like, not to give him the ball or to, like, use him in every other way other than him, you know, getting a reception or a touch. Uh, so I, I don't think we've seen a 
Bijan unlocked. I think that's something that we're going to have to wait to see until, you know, hopefully next year whenever Arthur Smith gets the boot um, and we see, you know, a, a new regime there in Atlanta. Um. Yeah. Well. Well said. So I'm, and I'm still not going to take him here because, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara is playing well. This team has lots of other things going on for the Saints. Although, man, their offense is bad. Maybe. Oh, wow. See, now I'm just now I'm just all messed up. For the Saints, knowing what they know now, knowing they've invested a lot of money in this offense and it's not working out, I will. Oh, buddy. Are one of you going to take Bajan Robinson if he's there with, with the, these last two picks? I well, I I'm not planning on. I've got my own a couple other guys, but um, depends what depends what happens here. Yeah, I will say while you're thinking about it. Um, it, for for me, the tough part about Robinson is the same problem I have with a lot of tackles and cornerbacks and a lot of guys who maybe just didn't have a great rookie year. Sometimes they don't have a great rookie year for many different reasons, and you're like, well, do I follow my initial instincts when I made that pick? because I still believe in this guy or having, having just seen these guys for one season, in some cases for only four or 500 snaps, do I now change everything that I thought based on kind of limited view, views of these guys? So in some cases, you know, with Tank Dale or CJ Stroud, it's pretty easy. It's like, yes, I'm changing, no doubt. But in other cases, you know, especially with some of these young tackles we're looking at, it takes a couple of seasons to get locked in. Um, for defensive backs, sometimes it takes a couple of seasons to get locked in. And so you kind of have to decide, how long am I going to stick with my original viewpoint? We all like Robinson, but, you know, he's there in Atlanta. And like you said, they're not necessarily using him a lot. And they're not necessarily using uh, the tight end, Kyle Pitts, a lot either. So you start getting to struggle with, with steel projections here. I'm, I, I really want to pull the trigger here for the Saints, just knowing how putrid this offense has kind of become and just how bad the vibes are. But for 2024 – um, they would have they would take a higher cap hit for cutting Jamal Williams, which is running back two, than keeping him. And Alvin Kamara's cap dead cap hit if they were to cut him is like seventeen million. So I just I just can't do that. So I'm I'm just gonna do a very Saints thing. I'm gonna take a big old athletic edge rusher because he ha- is available and I think he has great upside. But a little like Trayvon Walker, a big athlete, and I'm talking about Tyree Wilson here, the edge rusher out of Texas Tech. Um, already a good run defender, but he has the athleticism to be develop into a good pass rusher. I think he fits right in there with the Saints, who defensively and on the front are aging and they need some young bodies. That's why they took Brzee. That's why we mocked Cansey to them a lot in the pre-draft process. I'm going to take Tyree Wilson here for the Saints at 29. Ben, you are up with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you had them earlier with the Joey Porter Jr. pick at nine. What are you going to do here uh, coming back around at 30? Yeah, so originally at 30, they picked up Nolan Smith, the edger from Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. Edger slash linebacker. He's only played like 120 snaps this year. So mm-hmm. they really they find themselves in an odd position where they're drafting. So everybody loved their draft. Um, everybody just kind of raved over it and the Carter pick worked, but you know, we find them with Smith and the Kobe Dean and some of the other guys not really getting to play a lot. And we find them reverting back to veterans. We find them picking up guys, uh, here in the middle of the season to add, add to the safety and linebacker spots who are veterans instead of some of the young guys that they've been kind of sliding in here. So it's an interesting dilemma. I think I'm, I'm not going to pick Nolan Smith here. Instead, I've got another guy in mind, and he just slipped out of my brain here for just a minute. But it's um, and I apologize; he slipped right out. Anyway, um, it's not going to be Nolan Smith. Um, you you took Robinson right there at at twenty nine, right for the Saints. I took Tyree Wilson. You took Tyree Wilson, yeah. So I'm I'm actually stuck between Robinson, who's still available, right? Bijan Robinson mm-hmm, from Texas, mm-hmm. and because we, we talked about him. And then actually, I'm looking at also Devin Achan from the Miami from Miami Dolphins instead. Achan had that explosiveness. Now, one of my biases against Texas A&M players is that they are unbelievably highly rated as people coming out of high school, and Texas A&M gets them and does squat with them. And so then you're trying to figure out, well, how good is this player really? Because Texas A&M can't win with all these guys. And then that's why somebody like Achan kind of falls all the way down to round four or whatever he got picked in, and then he shows up in the NFL and he's exploding again. But you have other guys 
at other positions from A&M who aren't. And you're like, man, how do we evaluate these Texas A&M people? So anyway, I think I'm, I like the explosiveness of A-Chan there with the Eagles. So I think that's the pick I'm going to make here. Uh, Devin A-Chan, the running back um, to the Eagles. Ben just coming in and, and bucking the trends of uh, Philly taking only high value guys in the first round, but you can, yep. you can finagle it and say, you know, Hey, um, yeah, uh, we, we did it with the first pick. This is nearly a second round pick and we can use this guy in a lot of ways. Would be interesting. Another layer to this running game. That would be, that would be fun. Look, they're on a three game losing streak. The defense sucks and the offense hasn't been brilliant the past few weeks either. They're under 20 points for like what, three or four straight weeks. So I get to call bluff on their, <laughs> on their analytic value stuff. <laughs> uh, I love it. Ronan, you started this thing off. You're going to finish this thing. Kansas City Chiefs on the clock at 31. What are you going to do? You know, there's a number of different ways you can go here. Um, Rasheed Rice, who they got later in the draft, Mm -hmm. he's been pretty Mm -hmm. productive for him. Um, But you can also look at, like, tight end. Michael Mayer's there. Um, He has been – he hasn't necessarily been the most productive, but neither has that Raiders offense in general. Um, and I, I think with Andy Reid, that would be something really fun to watch between he and Kelsey uh, and two tight end sets. That would be a work of art. And then, you know, guys that we've mentioned earlier, the running backs, Bijan Robinson. Uh, I think that could be a lot of fun to pair with Pacheco, as would be Jameer Gibbs. Uh, both guys that can kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, but you know what? I, I think for the sake of, you know, this being a, a fantasy, I think we're going to go with Bijan here. Um, just because you can line them up in the slot, uh, you can do a lot with them. And I think with Andy Reid and how creative he is, I think that would be a lot of fun to watch Bijan work with Mahomes and watch defenses try to figure out what the heck to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to do it. Um, this offense really, and same for Philly, both just need a shot in the arm. And uh, you, while you would love to just grab one of these next receivers, you could it's still where we're at. There's still so many good players that you could get in the second round, whether it's Rice or, or Josh Downs or, or somebody else. Um, it feels a little like Clyde Edwards Alaire, right? Just a couple of years ago, we were like, oh, this super productive running back being added to the Chiefs. That's going to go so great. And it, it obviously didn't. Um, then you have the Isaiah Pacheco factor. But I think Reed could figure out how to get them both on the field and be effective with both of them. I think Robinson is a much better pure runner than Edwards Alaire, so I don't think you have that actual issue. Um, and and I'm sure Kansas City would just love to have Bashan Robinson on the team and then figure out some, something else at receiver later. All right, everybody, that is it. Like we said, this is a condensed episode. We're at just about an hour here. Great job to Ronan. Great job to Ben. Let me do a quick recap here of our redraft. We had some of the trade original trades go through. So if you hear a different order than you remember from the draft, that is why we didn't do every trade. Um, number one, Carolina, CJ Stroud. Number two, Houston Texans, Anthony Richardson. And at number three, Houston Texans, Will Anderson. Number four, Indianapolis Colts, Bryce Young. Number five, Seattle Seahawks, Jalen Carter. Number six, Arizona Cardinals, Paris Johnson. Number seven, Las Vegas Raiders, Devon Witherspoon. Number eight, Atlanta Falcons, and Christian Gonzalez, number nine, Philadelphia Eagles, Joey Porter Jr. At 10, Chicago Bears, Peter Skronsky. At 11, Tennessee Titans, Darnell Wright. At 12, Detroit Lions, Jordan Addison. At 13, Green Bay with Will McDonald. At 14, the Patriots, Puka Nakua. Jumping all the way up into the first round here. Sorry, Rams. At 15, the New York Jets, Dewan Jones. Also jumping into the first round. Washington at 16, Avila, the interior offensive lineman, jumping into the first round. 17, Pittsburgh Steelers, Broderick Jones. 18, Detroit Lions, uh, Sam Laporta. 19, Tampa Bay, Brian, uh, Brian Branch. 20, Seattle, Lucas Van Ness. 21, the Chargers, what should have happened, uh, always, Zay Flowers. 22, Baltimore, Jackson Smith and Jigba. 23, the Vikings, Will Levis. 24, the Jags, Deontay Banks. 25, the Giants, Tank Dell. 26, the Cowboys, Brian Brzee. 27, Buffalo Bills, Dalton Kincaid. 28, Cincinnati, Kalijah Kansi. 29, the Saints, Tyree Wilson. 30, the Eagles, Devon Achan. And 31, Kansas City, Bajan Robinson. Ben, just looking down this board real quick, just give me your one pick that stands out above the rest. 
for any I, reason. There were several. Um, I, I think it was the, 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 the eight and nine picks. So that was the Falcons, I think, picking nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And who Christian did they Gonzalez. pick up at number yep. nine? Yeah, they got. I think that's a big deal. And then number eight was who? Um, uh, nine, Philly, Joey Porter Jr. Those yeah, that, I think that was them. a big one as well. That that was a couple I think that um that I, I really liked as well. There were a lot of picks that I liked that that switched over, but th- those were a couple that, that immediately jumped out. Yeah, that little run on corner. Um, because we thought that it was going to happen like that pre-draft, and then they ended up being more spaced out. Witherspoon went five, Gonzalez seventeen, Porter Jr. thirty-two. Here they go seven, eight, and nine. Ronan, which what what stood out to yeah. you most in, in this redraft? You know, I think going all the way back up to the top of the draft, um, you know, C.J. Stroud going one overall, you know, what what could have been, you know, you sit there and you look at guys like Frank Reich, you know, as you've mentioned, you know, whether he would still be there, um, you know, it, would, would C.J. Stroud be as effective? Would Bryce Young have had, you know, a, a better season elsewhere? It's a lot, lot to wonder about, Simon. I uh, totally agree. For me, yeah, Bajan Robinson falling obviously broke my brain in the middle of the middle of the draft there. Um, and man, look, th- this is stuff for us to remember next year, right? When we do this, like, no matter how enticing the running back seems, like maybe just maybe just don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. But Robinson still has a long time to be a productive NFL player. All right, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening to Statue Podcast. We've hoped everybody has had a great holiday season. We'll be back next week to cover what's actually happening in the NFL, not this fantasy land we created or or the one Ben had us dreaming about for a couple of nights there with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Have a great week. We will talk to you soon.